Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Jimmy Kimmel is set to host the Emmys this year. More information on the two biggest theater chains reopening and a whole lot more. But the first thing I do want to start off with is a big trailer for a film that came out during the Sundance Film Festival this year. And that is for... Palm Springs. It's directed by Max Barkbo, and it stars Andy Samberg from SNL, Kristen Maluti, Peter Gallagher, and J.K. Simmons. And this is a film that I did hear about when it did premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in January, and it got the biggest, the highest acquisition deal in Sundance history, acquiring $22 million by both Hulu and Neon, Neon to distribute the film and Hulu to stream it on their streaming service. And I had really no idea what this film was about. And then seeing this trailer, I heard so much hype about this film that it was one of the best comedies to come out of Sundance this year. And it could be one of the best films to come out this year, potentially. And seeing this trailer, I can definitely see the genius of the script behind it. And I'm not going to go into details about it because from what I've been hearing, the one thing about this film that makes it so genius-like or the script so smart and, and, and twists and turns about it is the fact that there's an element to it that I want to keep suppressed that's in the trailer. So if you want to watch the trailer, check it out. But I think this has some great chemistry between Andy Samberg and Christian Maluti. To me, Andy Samberg has done some really interesting stuff over the years from SNL. He did a, fun, a great job in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's been all around the comedy spectrum. Pop star never stopped. I think it was Never Stop Stopping. And that came out a few years ago as well. It was it was kind of a mix of a mockumentary with a mix with a comedy, kind of like The Office style. So to me, I'm really excited to see where Palm Springs goes and and if it gets some kind of consideration. But I think especially for the summertime, if you have Hulu, this is one to check out. It looks funny. It looks like a fun time. It looks like something where you can spend a little bit of time away from everything and just enjoy it on Hulu, and I definitely recommend checking this one out, and if you don't want to be spoiled, I think definitely going in bone dry, not knowing anything about it, will offer some of the fun about this film of what they're offering, but the script looks like it's it's witty and, and filled with a lot of comedic jokes, the performances are great, the chemistry looks like it's really good between Sandberg and, and Maluti, who was on Two and a Half Men, and she's done a few other things over the years, but I think getting these two together is exciting. J.K. Simmons looks like he, he plays an interesting role paired up with Andy Samberg, so I'm really interested in, in checking this film out, and I'll probably be locking on to Hulu. Probably, I don't have a Hulu account, but I'll probably be signing up for seven days just to watch this film and see what all the hype is about, because I've heard really good things about this, and to get $22 million for Hulu and Neon to spend to acquire this picture, there's got to be some good hype about this film if they're willing to actually spend all that money for this comedy. If you guys have seen the trailer, what did you think about it? Let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Moving on now to some Emmy news that I talked about at the top regarding its hosting decision of who they want to come in and host this year's Emmy Awards, which celebrates the world of television, of all the incredible works of art that happened over the last year or so from 2019 into the first half of this year. And there's definitely a lot of contenders in play, but one of the big questions is how are they going to do the Emmys? Because of the coronavirus, there's not allowed to be a massive amount of gatherings in one specific building. So how are they going to do it? Is it going to be virtual? Are they still going to have something on the stage? And those details are still under wraps. There's not a lot of 
of, of revealing from that angle, but it seems like they are moving forward with this award show as they have announced Jimmy Kimmel to be the host for this year's Emmys as this will be his third time hosting. He hosted in 2012 and 2016, and because this year's Emmys are on ABC, it makes sense that for ABC to get their biggest, their biggest, one of their biggest names, especially their biggest in late night television, excuse me, to do this show, it makes a lot of sense. And I think Jimmy Kimmel is somebody who has done a great job in terms of, I think, giving some great entertainment and timely messages during the coronavirus. He shot everything in on location in his own house. And I, he's given, I think, over the years, I think he's really evolved into a, a really great, insightful late night show host who, who deals with politics and shows the emotion that I think you would want from somebody in that even if something really does go bad in the world, as much as late night television hosts and personalities want to kind of just offer up some comedy and offer some up an hour, an hour or two of entertainment and interviews, Jimmy Kimmel is somebody who I think really does a great job in in bringing politics in the, into the forefront. If there's a, an actual issue to be talked about, as he's done over the years, he, he brings it and he brings some emotion. And I think for Jimmy Kimmel he can do a great job of balancing those two things in which there is some serious serious things going on in this world between the protests and the murder of George Floyd and the 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 coronavirus and the pandemic that has happened that has really kind of shooken the entire globe really not just here in the United States but all around the world so if the Emmys are able to kind of find the balance and they're able to do that with Jimmy Kimmel I think they can turn in something interesting, and, and a lot of people harken back to the Emmys of 2001 when 9-11 happened and how it was a lot more stripped down, and it, it they still had an award indoors. It wasn't like they couldn't have that, but they took on the mantle of what that award show meant. They knew the weight of it, that they couldn't just go as business as usual. There needed to be some acknowledgement of it, and I'm sure that's going to be the same thing for this Emmy, so... It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Jimmy Kimmel is is a smart choice. I think, especially for ABC, they go in-house. It's not like they have to really hunt down somebody to do this award show. They have Jimmy Kimmel under contract already, and I'm sure he's somebody who wants to bring this to the forefront. So I'm excited to see what he does in this kind of setting with the Emmys this year. What do you guys think about this? Let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Moving on now to a, a big announcement that came from the major theater owners and as a lot of you probably know and have heard on the Samba podcast or other trading sites that the theaters are slowly but surely starting to open back up again over the last month or so it's been capacities have been limited and it's been smaller independent theaters that have been opening up across the country as a lot of the major theater chains have been kind of waiting to see what would happen with a lot of the reopenings and because there wasn't a lot of content to reopen really over the last two months, they've decided that we're going to hold it off and it seems like a lot of the major theater chains are now starting to open back up once again and gear up for the last half of the summer movie season or for the summer in general and to begin in the back half of 2020 as there's a lot more content on the horizon over these next few months and starting a little less than a month from now with Mulan and Tenet and Regal who is owned by Cineworld has announced that they will be opening 
overall all over the world because they are a worldwide theater chain that they're going to be opening up in smaller increments over the next few weeks but specifically for here in the united states they will be opening up their theaters here and in the uk on july 10th and this is a statement from Cine world ceo and he said we are thrilled to be back and encouraged by recent surveys that show that many people have missed going to the movie theater with a strong slate confirmed for the coming weeks, including, among others, Tenet, Mulan, A Quiet Place Part 2, Wonder Woman 1984, Black Widow, Bond, Soul, Top Gun Maverick, and many more. The entire Cineworld team remains committed to being the best place to watch a movie. And then along with the announcement of Regal slash Cineworld opening up their theaters, Cinemark, which is the third highest chain theater chain here in the United States and around the world, has decided to open up their their theaters around the world, like Regal and Cineworld, in increments. And they're going to be opening up a majority of their theaters between July 3rd and July 17th. So again, that July is really the main target date of when these theaters are going to be opening back up entirely. And according to Cinemark, they're going to be taking some time over these next few weeks to hire back their furloughed staff that they designated when this first started. And this is from an, an article from Variety in which a little excerpt talks about what they're going to, to be doing in terms of luring people back in. And it says, at first, Cinemark will try to lure moviegoers back in with classic titles like Ghostbusters, Wonder Woman, and Goonies for the reduced price, running at $5 for adults and $3 for children and seniors. The chain hopes to be fully operational across the country by the time Disney opens. Mulan on July 24th and Warner Brothers unveils Tenet, Christopher Nolan's sci-fi epic on July 31st. Other new releases include the Russell Crowe thriller Unhinged from Solstice Studio on July 10th and Sony Pictures' rom-com, rom-com excuse me, The Broken Hearts Gallery on July 17th. And below, and I want to also get into the the impl- implementations that Cineworld, Cinemark excuse me, is taking to begin to take these safety impl- implementations that they're going to have to do with everything going on with the coronavirus. And so the impl- implementations they're playing with are all public and high-touch spaces such as concession stands, door handles, drink stations, self-ticketing kiosks, benches, restrooms will be thoroughly sanitized every 30 minutes using products identified by the EPA to be effective in eliminating COVID-19. Each auditorium will be disinfected every morning, and all handrails, occupied seats, along with those on either side, will be sanitized between showtimes. All theaters will reopen with reduced operating hours and staggered showtimes to maximize physical distancing. For additional assurances, there will be seat wipes and ample hand sanitizer available for customer use. Auditoriums will have limited capacities that meet or exceed local ordinances, and the seats adjacent to parties will be automatically blocked upon ticketing purchase. In accordance with CDC recommendations, guests are strongly encouraged to wear face masks. When applicable, Cinemark will adhere to local policies that require residences to wear face masks in public. Cinemark will be employing new tactics to increase the fresh air intake to enhance the overall air quality for our theaters and using high-efficiency particulate absorbing or HEPA filtration in all vacuums. Cinemark has streamlined its in-ticket verification process to no longer require digital ticket holders to carry a paper ticket, and moviegoers purchasing tickets at the theater will no longer need to hand their printed tickets to the ushers. All are encouraged to purchase tickets online and use contactless payment methods for a more contact-free experience. 
Guests who are not feeling well are asked to stay home, and Cinemark will gladly provide a full ticket refund. To help reduce potential contact between cash and food handling areas, cash payments will not be accepted at the concession stand. However, each theater will have a designated area where cash will be accepted and gift cards will be available. There will be plenty of in-theater signage that will encourage moviegoers to practice proper physical distancing, as well as showcase the new protocols involved in the Cinemark standard. Moviegoers are asked to properly dispose of their trash to further protect our employees and allow for maximized cleaning between showtimes. And this is exactly what I've been talking about, what a lot of other pundits have been talking about in terms of the amount of standards that are going to be put in place in all these theaters and why it took so long for the, for the major theater chains to get ready with these standards and then all raise up together at once and not just in selected states. Because A, they know that they're not going to have all the major films that they're going to need to in May and June and, and the other months as well. And that a lot of the major films are coming out in the back half of July. And so that they can have these next few weeks kind of like what our, the entire world has really been doing in terms of its uh, of theater production of putting out other films and reducing the prices to, just to kind of gauge the interest and say, okay, people are coming back for these films. And if you have films like Unhinged and the Broken Hearts Gallery come out for new property, people might be able to see, okay, people are coming out for newer stuff than older stuff. And that gives the studios and the theaters potential confidence if it's really heading, heading towards that positive direction of saying, you know what, people are excited, people are looking to come back into the theaters, and they can really ramp up the marketing for Mulan and Tenet and give them some confidence at least in this month of the month of July at least that these bigger films have a shot of, of doing really well at the theaters. And again, the fact that Mulan and Tenet Especially now with Wonder Woman 1984 moved to October, they're really going to be the only major players on the line. You'll have smaller films as of right now. The new SpongeBob SquarePants movie is still coming out. You'll have Bill and Ted Face the Music that'll still be out. New Mutants is still supposed to come out at the end of August. So you'll still have these smaller films that are coming out in August, but no big player like Wonder Woman was supposed to be this in on August 14th before it moved to October. So Mulan intended will have longer legs and can sustain longer times in the theaters and have better box office legs than maybe they would if everything was just fine and COVID-19 wasn't a particular big thing than it is right now. So I think those are it's encouraging to see that theaters are opening up. I think, again, you can it can be a different conversation entirely of if they're going or not or is it the right thing to do. But in terms of asking the question of when are theaters going to open back up again, it's this is the best encouraging sign that you could possibly look at right now that, again, everything that has been heard about, has been talked about over the last few weeks and months about when theaters are going to be reopening. They've been looking at Tenet. They've been looking at Mulan. They're looking at that uh, that first few weeks of July to get back up and running. All that is falling into place right now. And the next big domino to fall is when is AMC going to announce that they're opening back up again? Because the other two big theater chains around the world have announced their their plans of what they're going to do. Regal hasn't really given any kind of details, as Cinemark did, about how they're going to go about their implementations. But... AMC is the next one to say, okay, when are they opening up? And I'm sure if Regal and Cinemark are opening up now as part of NATO, and those are the three major chains, I'm sure AMC is not that far behind of announcing when they're going to be open back up again for business. And I'm sure we'll hear in the next week or two that they'll be opening up around this area, whether it's the beginning of July, July 10th, now July 17th, now that there's nothing there. 
So maybe I think July 10th, July 17th is going to be that vicinity of when a lot of these chains are going to open back up again. And those two weeks are going to be crucial before Mulan comes out of how people are reacting to going back into theaters. Is there a big demand? Is there not? And July is going to be a big question mark of, I think, what the future of movie going is going to be like, at least for the next month or two. For the rest of the summer, I think, is this is going to be the benchmark. And then you can look and see, is this going to be an evolution towards an increase of what we're going to get in September or October? Or... Is there going to be a second wave and everything that has been worked towards in the last few months going to be really for nothing? So a lot of questions still to be asked, but I think some clarity was given with the announcement that Regal, which is a part of Cineworld, and Cinemark, two of the biggest theater chains in the world, are going to be opening back up again on July, somewhere around July, July 10th and July 17th, with AMC still to announce what they're going to do with their theater reopening plans. What do you guys think about this news of the theaters reopening in July before Tenet, before Mulan? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. A little bit of additional award news that I want to talk about in the vein of award season with the Academy, and it was announced, not surprisingly, that the Independent Spirit Awards have been postponed. They will now be held on April 24th, and the big deal about that is the fact that the Independent Spirit Awards have followed with the Academy to a T that they are the award premiere that happened the night before the Oscars. And what's significant about the Independent Spirit Awards this year, again, is the fact that they are following in that same footsteps and saying, if the Academy is taking the Oscars, the Academy Awards are taking place on April 25th, then the Independent Spirit Awards will be happening the, the previous night on April 24th. And the Indie Spirit Awards are really kind of the the awards that give that are given out to the smaller budgeted films that are kind of forgotten in the academy a little bit sometimes the the films that are in the academy are also nominated for indies and vice versa but the year but last year specific well this year technically the the films that won big were films that really weren't nominated or nominated at all in the academy specifically uncut gems and the farewell Uncut Gems directed by the Safdie brothers and starring Adam Sandler won big at the Indie Spirit Awards. And the same thing with The Farewell won Best Picture at the Indie Spirit Awards. And the same thing happened with, I remember Boyhood years ago won the Indie Spirit Awards. So a lot of films that are are much more below the budget line than some of the films that are nominated at the Academy. I think it's usually around 30 to $20 million, I believe, is the max cap for. If your budget is over that, then you're not considered an independent film and you can't qualify for the Indie Spirit Awards. So I think what the great thing about the Indie Spirit Awards is the fact that they recognize films that weren't recognized beforehand, and they honor those films, and they're allowed to have that night before the big night the following day with the Academy Awards. And this is also evidence of the fact that the BAFTAs did it where they moved to April 11th, which is usually they fall in line for premiering a few weeks before the Academy Awards, and I think we're going to see the same thing happen with the Golden Globes. They'll kick off really the award season telecast run like they always have every single January, whether that's in March or April. Maybe they begin in April this year just to kind of tighten up that award season a little bit in terms of the length, or they, they premiere somewhere else. The bottom line is I'm sure the Golden Globes are going to move, the SAGs are going to move, the PGA, the DGA, they're all going to move to fall in line with this a new award season schedule as of right now. And the reason I say as of right now is, like I said it yesterday when talking about the Academy changes, 
this is this is this could potentially be just a placeholder if things don't go the right way and there's a second wave that comes in the fall time and they need to move it to either May or June. And the Cannes Film Festival even said, which lines up in June next, or not June but May next year, that they'd be fine to house the Academy Awards or fall in the same vicinity as the Academy Awards. They have no problem with it, and so I think for the the board of governors right now this is the set in stone place right now but again that could change in the next few months if things tr- hopefully do not happen in which they get progressively worse hopefully everything goes up from here on now but if things do get worse then they can say you know what let's move this a little bit further back everything's kind of regressed a little bit let's try to make some more progress and the thing we make more progress on is moving the date but as of right now everything is moving i think to follow the academy awards and we'll see that ripple effect happen over the next few days and the next few weeks when we get more announcements about where these voting bodies are going to be going for their award shows what do you guys think about the indie spirit awards being postponed to april 24th of 2021 let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts and finally today on the san Vistel podcast the last bit of news that i want to talk about is the all-star lineup that is happening for james's gray's brand new film he's the director of last year's Really good film at Astro with Brad Pitt, and he has a new film on the horizon, and it just gained some heavy hitters for its cast. It already has Kate Blanchett in one of the leading roles, but now they've added on a few more legends to that list, including Robert De Niro, Oscar Isaac, Donald Sutherland, and Anne Hathaway are set to join the brand new film from James Gray, Armageddon Time. And it's a drama, according to Deadline, it's a drama based on James Gray's childhood memories. And it's a big-hearted coming-of-age story that explores friendship and loyalty against the backdrop of an American poised to elect Ronald Reagan as president. And it is very different from his recent pictures, and he hopes to shoot in New York as soon as post-pandemic opportunities make it possible. And reading this deadline article, he talks about how this is a very personal story to him. It says it in the in the logline that I just read in a little excerpt. But he also says that this is going to be a film that deals with with class, and it's going to be about him, the the, the character that he's going to be basing himself on. It's going to be how he transfers from a very public place to private schools, and it's going to deal with the place that Donald Trump went to or owns in a private school, and. It's going to show the, the, the class structure and the wealth structure that is put in place in America's society, and it still happens today, and it certainly happened back then in the 80s and the 70s. And so to see James Gray kind of go from a sci-fi opera, really, to this kind of more grounded, grounded film, I think is very interesting. And the fact that he has such a big cast for this film, I think, is, is really telling. And it's going to be more about the kids, and I don't know if these incredible actors are going to be playing the parents or other characters that are set within the school systems. It's going to be very interesting to me. So I'm excited to see where James Gray goes with this film. Again, I really did enjoy what he did with Ad Astra. It definitely was Apocalypse Now in Space. He did, he got a great performance from Brad Pitt, amazing visuals. So to see him go from that to this, it's, a, it's an interesting transition, but it sounds like this is a passion project of his. And whenever you get directors doing passion projects, you know they're going to put... 
they're 100% into it. They're going to give everything they can to this, to the script, to the process of pre-production, pre-visiting out what they want to do, to casting, to the actual production, and to making sure that when you're in the editing room and putting all this in post, that it's to the liking of to you, to the studio, and what you want it to come out. This sounds like it could potentially be an award season film, whether it's next year or the year after. I think this is one to definitely keep an eye out for. It's going to be premiering or being sold at the Cannes Film Market that is being set up for next weekend. A lot of these these news stories that you're hearing about these pickups and these projects being put together, they're for this so they can be put out in distribution and for production companies to pick them up, for studios to back them up and say, we'll put money behind this. And even though they have some financial backers, whether it's agencies or independent studios, they get the major studios or studios with big credited money that they can pour into to actually shoot this thing and get it into production and actually create it. So the fact that I think this is going to be a very sought out project, I think the fact that you get these big names with the packaging of James Gray, who worked on a very good film last year with Ed Astra, I think it'll be one of the hot tickets to come out of the con market next week when you hear about all these deals going down. What do you guys think about this all-star lineup for James Gray's brand new film? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. But guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Network, and it's also called the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Make sure to check them out. You can also check out the other amazing shows that are on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, check out Goal Driven Professionals, Geared Toward Improving Client Relations, Return on Investment, and Customer Acquisition Costs for Independent Businesses, and services. Also, check out one of the brand new shows that is on Ambiguous, The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson giving you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. You can check them out on the website, ambiguousproduction.com. Also, check them out on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, once you're all done following Ambiguous, make sure to follow me on my social media accounts. You can follow me on Twitter at Basil Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. That is B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. And also on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep on screening.